Welcome to the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We're the Denver Post Broncos beat writers here in Dove Valley after practice number 14. The Broncos about to head to their second preseason game of the year, going to Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, and we get our first chance to look at a lot of Broncos starters, Ryan. And I think if we talk about this game, that's where maybe the excitement should begin. Agree? Yeah. And uh, by the way, I'm trying to figure out what the best way to sit in here is. I mean, is it arms <laughs> folded, yeah. legs folded, etc. So I think we're going to figure that out eventually. But the Broncos are trying to figure out some things too, as my segue works. Um, it will be Joe Flacco's debut. You know, I looked up his last – I went all the way back to 2012. He's played double-digit snaps in every every first preseason game he's participated in, which is about half of them. So I would expect – you know, two drives minimum. If it's three and out, three and out, maybe they give him a third drive. But as he said on Tuesday, it's just it, it's good to get out there. You face a live rush, crowd noise. You just sort of get your feet wet a little bit. And remember, he hasn't played for a long time. Once he was hurt last year, he didn't return to the field because Lamar Jackson took over that job. So, you know, I think it's uh, you don't want to know. You don't want to say it's important, but it's it's a beneficial. Uh, you know, step coming up for Joe Flacco and the rest of this offense. And, you know, people say all the time via email or Twitter, well, how's Flacco look? You know, on radio interviews, well, how's Joe looking? It's it's different when it's a veteran quarterback. I mean, if, if this team drafted Dwayne Haskins at number 10 and he was out there, there'd probably be a little more juice out there. But as I've said before and I wrote before, you know, you know Joe's goal is to be ready for September 9th against Oakland. And, you know, if that means throwing it in the dirt a couple of times, He's just seeing his rep and going through his progression. So I think from Flacco's perspective, this has been a productive camp so far. I'm looking forward to seeing Philip Lindsay out there for the first time at game speed. It's been since that Christmas Eve in Oakland where he fractured the wrist and he just has, has obviously had the rehab since. And he's been full speed through this camp, catching passes and doing all that. But how does he look against live competition? What is what is kind of that speed and agility? You know, teams, they have so much film on him now. How are they going to prepare for him differently? I know it's a preseason game. This is just sort of a tiny fraction of that but to see this offense with a confident healthy Philip Lindsay I think is is an encouraging sign for for what they could do moving forward and, I, and I'd be careful with Philip uh, since he hasn't really taken any knocks on that wrist and he's run through traffic here in practice but games are a different deal you know I would give him very minimal work um, I'd give Royce Freeman minimal work I would not play Devontae Booker because I don't think he has a spot in his roster but he might have some trade value later this month Theo Reddick, I wouldn't really play him either Mohammed Jackson, you guys better be ready. And uh, Mohammed will continue to continue his quest for preseason uh, NFL MVP. <laughs> but as far as on offense with Rich Gangarello, I mean, my guess is they won't show a lot, but I'm sure they will experiment with some formations, some motions, and some and, and different things in protection to keep Joe Flacco upright. But you know, it's it's always tough to say whether they're going to be vanilla or not. I mean, they're running some cards about Seattle on Tuesday morning, so they have to prepare a little bit. But, you know, this game is for the starters on offense and defenses. Start the game, be productive, be efficient, and then get the heck out of there. 
Yeah, I think staying healthy has got to be the first key there. And uh, while we're talking offense and starters, we might as well just talk briefly about Drew Locke. We spent a lot of kind of column inches and airwaves discussing his performance before. But Vic Fangio basically saying he's going to get a whole bunch of snaps. Everyone else a little bit, a little bit, Hogan here and there. But Locke is going to kind of get the bulk of that carry, especially late in the game. And he has a lot to improve on, Ryan. Just, I think, showing that he's comfortable as an NFL passer. Of all the things he did, he just never seemed to catch any kind of rhythm out there. Yeah, and it was it was tough sledding for him last week against Atlanta. And I thought it was interesting on Tuesday after practice, you know, Vic has – you don't want to say he's been critical of Drew Locke, but he's been honest about Drew Locke and says he's got a long way to go. On Tuesday, he went the other direction, trying to maybe build him up a little bit, saying, hey, you got to remember that first time under center, first time calling plays, first time changing protections, et cetera, et cetera. He says when he gets that down, the talent will take over. thought that was pretty telling. I think maybe Vic realized that maybe that Drew needed a little bit of a public attaboy. Because like it or not, he wasn't very good last week. And that's all we have to base it on. Monday's practice, he wasn't very good either. And, you know, that's just the way it is for a rookie quarterback. And, you know, Drew's goal for these next four games is, show sure enough, to be the number two right now he's the number three and that's what he'll, that's the order he'll go in on Thursday as we continue to break down this game I think one of the bigger spotlights has to be on the two positions where injuries have just really decimated the Broncos through camp right inside linebacker tight end I think a combination of six guys between those two position groups who didn't practice today so we saw some some pretty extreme depth there uh, inside linebacker Keyshawn Bieria next to Alexander Johnson for much of the first team work you know we've seen an array of tight ends work throughout camp you wrote about Jake Butt um, and his progression uh, in yesterday's Denver Post uh, but what are you maybe looking forward to to seeing from those two position groups and what maybe will coaches learn um, as they hope that some guys get healthy and and replace a lot of the players that we'll see out there well we'll do the roster math first uh you know no jake butt no bug howard at tight end jeff hireman sat out tuesday with his shoulder Vic Fangio did not rule him out for thursday inside linebacker todd davis hasn't practiced in three weeks josie jewel tweaked his side on monday he's not going to play Joe Jones got hurt last Thursday. He's not going to play. That is a body count. Yeah, and as as Vic pointed out, invariably there's one position group every camp that gets decimated by injuries. Tight end is there. Inside linebacker just got there. Okay, now you find out about your depth. Troy Fumagalli has a great chance. Remember, he didn't play at all last year in the preseason. This is his first NFL action was last week. He'll get more on Thursday. For some reason, I forgot about that Hall of Fame game. It's easily forgettable. (laughs) Inside linebacker is more complicated because you got to look at guys, okay, who can play defensive called upon, but they definitely got to be able to play special teams. Alexander Johnson started last week alongside Josie Jewell, so that in theory would see, okay, he's the third guy. Golden chance for Barreria. His third team early in camp. Wasn't working with the ones at all. Now he's moved up by default. He's got a chance to show that he belongs. When we also look at maybe some positive injury news for this team, we'll pivot to something that you'll be writing about this week or in the coming week. Uh, And Deshaun Hamilton, a wide receiver who was drafted pretty high last year, high expectations in the slot to maybe kind of follow Emmanuel Sanders once once he leaves and, and fill that role as a dynamic route runner, but hasn't been able to stay healthy. Now he's back. He's had a couple practices under his belt. I did notice that maybe he had a couple of drops today, Ryan, maybe a, a slow start and, and getting reacclimated. but what would a healthy Deshaun Hamilton do for this team? And does this guy factor in at punt return? Because among all the candidates, if he's shifty and can break down field, why not give him a chance? Well, he's not interested. He says, I'm a receiver. If they need me, fine. But if you look at it from Deshaun's perspective, 
returning punts derailed the season last year when he got wiped out in that Thursday night game in Arizona, you know, MCL injury. You got his chance late in the year when Sanders went down, had like 26 out of his 30 catches. But here's a stat I'm going to use in the paper. His per catch average was like six-something yards, 80th out of 81st players last year who had at least 30 catches. He didn't make any big plays. He wasn't put in position to make any big plays. And that's one thing I talked to him about this week was, are you at least going more vertical? And he said he is, but that's Sutton Sanders' territory as well. So the key for Hamilton besides staying on the field, coming back from that hamstring this month is showing he can be a big part at different spots on the field. Because if they like a matchup inside, they're probably going to put Sanders there. Cortland, you know, is going to be an outside guy. So uh, for Deshaun, it's okay. Show the coaching staff that, they should play 11 personnel instead of maybe going two tight end, two receiver. As we shift to the defensive side of the ball, we talked about inside linebacker. But one thing that I'll be writing about uh, this week, Ryan, as well, was the performance of Draymond Jones in that first preseason game. Thought it was very telling when Vic Fangio was asked at his first news conference back in Dove Valley after the preseason game, who stood out? Who, who were the standout players? Draymond was the first name out of his mouth. And, you know, I think we look late in that game is a big reason why. Uh, the, I think it was the first interception of the Fangio era in, in the fourth quarter uh, was something that was caused by a Draymond Jones rush on Matt Schaub, uh, was able to knife through the middle and, and create kind of that pressure to, to create a bad throw, and the Broncos took advantage. Um, but, Ryan, in your mind, what – could Draymond Jones maybe do this year? Did he show a flash that he's an earlier contributor than maybe we thought? And if the Broncos have an inside pass rush, that changes a lot of things, right? Because it's something that this defense hasn't necessarily had specifically in years past. When they did, they got to the Super Bowl, and that was part of that, that great unit they had. But seems like Draymond could fill some holes if he's ready. Well, he's going to be a rotational player. I thought that going into the preseason, just a basis of numbers. Um, Demarcus Walker is on the bubble. You have your four starters. You have Zach Kerr's your fifth guy. He's an interior guy. And then you have uh, Jones. If, uh, you, know, you want to see him against once. He's probably not going to get that chance on Thursday, but maybe he does get it in the next couple of games. The Rams may not play any starters two weeks from now. So, you know, what, what Jones should do is what he did against Atlanta. You know, hand those second and third teamers their lunch. That's why he was a third-round pick. So a positive step for him, but the roster math is getting tricky. He's going to be on the team you know, regardless. But if Demarcus Walker, does he play as one of the team? Does that mean they keep in, uh, you know, one fewer linebacker, one fewer safety, something like that? So there's a lot of – there aren't a lot of moving parts on the defensive line right now, but one of them is, A, how does Draymond Jones get used? And, two, does Demarcus Walker even make the team? For sure, for sure. And as we wrap up the podcast, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, one more topic I figure we might as well address. Uh, guess who we get to see uh, on the opposing sideline quarterbacking the Seahawks? One Mr. Paxton Lynch, Ryan. Uh, we were here. Can't wait. Can't wait. He was cut. The Broncos can't wait either. <laughs> he was cut. He is out, went and got a, a roster a chance in Seattle. We'll see if he actually makes it out there. But guy goes out in the media, says, uh, hey, I feel like it's more family here in Seattle. That probably irks some Broncos fans simply because maybe it's nonsense because here's a guy who just totally floundered his opportunity here. But I, mean, I just wanted to get your take. What, what do you make of Paxton Maybe kind of a little bit of a passive-aggressive uh, shot at Denver there. Yeah, I like it. He probably felt he was got the shaft here. Yeah. You know, all these different coordinators and said, oh, he just wasn't good enough, they cut him. You know, he's battling Geno Smith for the number two job. As of Tuesday, Geno Smith was not practicing, so Paxton could get a lot of time. On the Broncos' defense, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I'm you sure. Know, this is a chance for Lynch to save his career. 
you know, this, there's a you could use a ton of examples of guys who could make it as starters but made millions upon millions of dollars as a number two. You know, but can he be that guy? Can he be somebody who can play in a pinch? He proved that he could not do that here in Denver. And, you know, it's one of the few times last year where you gave you should have given John Elway a hat tip for just saying, give up. You know, they could have very easily kept him on the roster as a number three. They didn't do it. So, I mean, you know, if he makes a player two, fine. But, you know, I think he's, he could be one of those guys who keeps both teams in the game. Well, it'll be an awkward family reunion. And if a Broncos player is able to sack him on Thursday, I imagine the uh, post-sack chatter uh, will be worth a, a miking up. Or at least we can uh, cross our fingers that it will be. Uh, but on that note, uh, we'll let you guys go. We appreciate you listening to the First and Orange podcast. Uh, the Broncos heading to Seattle on Thursday night to play the Seahawks. Second preseason game of the year, Ryan O'Halloran and uh, I believe just Ryan O'Halloran will be at the game. No Mark Kisla, but he will have you guys covered from all angles on the ground out in Seattle. Uh, be sure to follow all of his work at DenverPost.com. You can also subscribe to our paper and get it delivered to your front door every day. And we will see you next time.